0: This is the Zillica Observer, and I'm Chase Raz, a university instructor, corporate trainer, and small business owner. Today, I'll be interviewing JG Whitley of Package Portal, and I think you're gonna love this episode and really love getting into the Package Portal app, which is powered by the Zillica blockchain. If you thought Package Portal was just another excuse to create a token, wait until you hear the vision that Package Portal has and how it advances the entire logistics industry using blockchain technology all right let's get going well hi there everybody welcome to the zilliqa observer and today with me is jg whitley hi jg how are you doing really well how are you i'm doing really amazingly well if you're okay with it I was thinking while we talk today, I'm going to share my screen for those who may be watching on YouTube so that they have something to look at other than, you know, us two handsome gentlemen and entertain them a little bit. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fair. So I'm going to share my screen. You'll probably see it as well. That way, you know, if there's anything up there you want to point out, just let me know. But I'm doing this first. I'm not trying to give you a surprise or a gotcha, (laughs) but this is you. (laughs) That is me. Right. We yeah. can do the visual confirmation. That's you. You are the CEO at Package Portal and you are, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the founder, right? Do you have co-founders or are you the founder?
1: Well, I have a co-founder. I mean, it all originated in my brain and I went out and find, found a guy who could help me bring it to life. But yeah, I, I guess I'm the initial founder, but I do have a co-founder and the guys that have been with us have been with us for a long time. So it's sort of a founding team. I don't like to hog all of the credit. We all work together really well and we, and we, you know, we all build this together.
0: Well, good. I, I love that type of spirit. And, for those who are listening through audio, just trust me. I've done the visual confirmation. JG is the guy, this is who we're looking for.
1: I'm real. So, I'm not just a, an avatar.
0: <laughs> that's one of the reasons as you heard in, in the, back in the first episode, that's why we do the show is we have to put some faces onto the business that's happening here on Zillica and on other blockchains because otherwise it just, right. it, it doesn't have the same effect. So can I embarrass you with one more thing before we start?
1: I'm not easily embarrassed, but you can give it your best effort.
0: Okay, so this truly isn't embarrassing. I think it's really awesome. But I was doing a little bit of research on you, and I found out you are a drone pilot.
1: Ah, yeah, yeah. I I let my my license expire or lapse because I got a little bit busy with this and didn't want to pursue that. It was a lot of testing involved. But yeah, I I did a little bit of uh, uh, real estate recording and I still got my drone I fly it around following me on my mountain bike or just with the family on vacation but yeah I'm a bit of a pilot
0: that's that's really cool I worked very short term and never materialized but with a real estate company doing that and and I what I find interesting is in real estate there are a lot of things that could connect with us in the future here in the blockchain world because not only are you doing actual real estate of buying and, and and selling and listing you know commercial and residential properties but it was working with one company that was using drones to survey, actually find the markers between properties and report that back to government. And you know, we're all trying to get that on the blockchain.
1: Yeah, 3D technology you can record and and yeah, yeah, surveying lots of things you can use with, you know, oil companies are using that, Um, it's it's wide reach.
0: So if you would humor me for a minute, uh, I think it helps if everyone else knows that you and I have never, met before, we've never spoken before. And and before the show, we spoke for maybe what, two minutes, <laughs> right? Like yeah. we're, we're just meeting each other. So hi, it's a pleasure to meet you. Yes. Would you humor me and tell me about yourself a little bit?
1: Sure, I mean, I, I, it's a little awkward for me. I, I, I'm camera shy. I don't like being in the spotlight, but here I find myself needing to do so just because of the position that I am. I have a logistics company. I own a delivery company with maybe 30, 35 drivers, depending on the month and the volume and
0: that's lions logistics (laughs)
1: correct yeah lions logistics llc we don't have any web presence it's it's just a local thing here um
0: you you and i share a logistics background by the way what
1: what was your background
0: my grad degree is in uh, marketing and supply chain management then i worked for fortune 100 doing purchasing and contract negotiation went to a last really a last mile and a contractor that basically they're doing that delivery to walgreens a delivery to walmart that delivery to your local grocery store whether it's photo whether it's whether it's a pharmacy, whatever it is, worked with about a forty million dollar a year company. There was a consultant for them for a while. So you and I do share logistics. Have you ever been to any of the ISM conferences? I have not. You should. You definitely should. I can't recommend them enough. So sorry to sorry to hijack you there, but but keep going. Yeah, you have um, you have a logistics company. Ah uh, man, I'm just I'm
1: super regular. You know, I've I've got a wife and a kid. I mean, my my son is almost almost an adult. He'll be eighteen in another couple of months. Here, my wife and I have been married for. 13 years. And so, yeah, I like riding my bike. You know, I like creating things, doing outdoorsy type of things. Just a regular guy. That, that's really it. I am I hate telling people I'm humble, but I really, I try to be as humble as possible. I, I grew up with a father who was uh, in a wheelchair. When I was 12 years old, he had a brain aneurysm and, and he lost the use of his legs for the next 17 years of his life. And we got that additional 17 years with him, which was great. It really helped ground me, but you know, I rebelled as a teenager. I got, I was in the streets. I was, you know, doing things I shouldn't have been doing, but it taught me a lot because seeing his attitude and how he, how he just never got down. I mean, he lost his legs. He really, he didn't lose them. They were still there, but he couldn't use them.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: and his joy just never vacated. It was always present. And so having that foundation as a, as a child, it, it, it was, it was a magnet. You know what I'm saying? So. That was really good. And, and it gives me an outlook on life now where nothing is too big. There's no problem too large or too troublesome that we cannot overcome. and Just figure it out. My motto in life is just figure it out. Here's the problem. Okay, let's find a solution. We can get there somehow as part of logistics. You know, there's too many boxes. Find a way to get them delivered. or there's too many problems, find a way to solve them. And that's my outlook generally.
0: I love, so first of all, thank you so much for sharing that personal story because sure, it, it really helps connect us as people behind the businesses behind the yeah. effort that's going on, but also it's, it's, you know, it's really, it's really inspiration. I see why you're in logistics. As you said, you know, we have a problem with solve it. That's very much the, the logistics mindset. What was your first exposure given all of that background, especially want to hear more about some of that acting out as a teenager, but what was some of your first exposure to blockchain?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm transparent about everything. There's, you know, I, I like sharing my story because I think there's a there's a redemption value there. You know, things can be tossed aside and, and, and recuperated. My segue into blockchain or crypto, I just had one of my drivers. And again, I've got a number of drivers and one of them was telling me about Tron in 2018 in right. January. Yeah. <laughs> so at the peak of the of the previous bull run, this guy was telling me how he made $40,000 off of like $1,500 worth of Tron. And my ears perked up really, really big. And so I just started um, researching and I didn't, you know, I, I waited, I did my due diligence and some mm-hmm. research and dug around before I made any purchases. I spent a couple of weeks doing so. I did end up getting some Tron and then I immediately got rid of that Tron. Um, I don't <laughs> want to bash them or the project, but it's, it's not for me. Right. And maybe it's not for you if you do a little bit of digging. But really, really quickly, I found that Zilliqa had won the Binance community contest that that got them listed without them having to pay an exorbitant amount of fees. And uh, I actually, I should back up. I had heard when I, when I discovered that Tron was not for me, that's when I began looking at um, Ethereum because smart contracts, that's what really blew me away. When I saw the value of, of smart contracts and what you could do, removing a middleman and programmatically encoding things into a immutable and transparent record. That everybody can see and interact with and follow and monitor that, that my mind just started spinning but yeah. i was like how can we make this work if crypto kitties is crashing it um one dap one little game is causing right. bottlenecks and congestion to where it doesn't seem viable people were spending thousands of the or i guess hundreds of dollars in gas and they're they're doing that right now
0: doing it's it like, again right now
1: swap yeah so we <laughs> things. yeah thank god for zillswap swap but all of that sort of led me to to try to search and find a layer one solution that could process a lot of transactions what what can scale i mean i i know that this technology is the way that the world is moving but what is going to be able to last and find some sustainability based on the technology and and sharding came up zilliqa came up i found that and i've been in it ever since it's almost to the week three years
0: almost to the week three years wow we have this this history now that you've been introduced to blockchain through Tron, you've thought you, your your mind has been spinning with Ethereum. You're looking at Zillica, seeing what's happening. And as a logistics person, I'm sure you have, you know, not just package portal as an idea, but other things. And so as, as all of this is materializing, what was sort of your process to ultimately choose Zillica? Just a lot of research. At the, again
1: at the time, you know, it was it was it was 2018 and everybody was looking for the eth killer because crypto kitties just killed the network and all of that hoorah. i don't think there is any eth killer i think that if, that if ethereum were to die then it would be catastrophic for the for the industry as as a whole so Absolutely. interoperability is 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 the main buzzword of 2021 i think and and, and it's spot on i think that that's what's needed that's what's going to take take this mainstream and outside of just our own crypto bubble, but begin to disseminate into just everyday use. And that's kind of what I wanted to do with Package Portal. Just bring an onboarding platform or bring, you know, cryptocurrency to the to normal everyday life. And again, Zillica with their sharding technology, I was there following the white paper and then here's these guys coming together and they've got a test net and now the main net. And I was there, I was writing articles in the community, just celebrating the one year anniversary and, and, and those early milestones and seeing them hit those milestones and just continue to churn out um, results. It really spurred me on. I was looking at a couple of other different projects, but my heaviest bag as an investor or crypto purchaser was definitely Zilliqa.
0: Well, let's, let's come on. I'm curious, what were some of the other networks you were looking at?
1: Probably, probably some that are dead at this point i can't even remember some of them at this point um, iota
0: so eos and iota iota no. I I you really like know i did not like the iota way that true. they're
1: they're they're the merkle tree or i forget what what technology they used i didn't like the way that, that that was set up it was you know they can just turn it off and so eos was one of them I mean, eos was, was one of the leading because at the time again they were running a huge ICO or, or, or public sale, a billion dollars worth of, yeah. of tokens being sold. So they were the number one, they were leading the pack and they were, you know, all the rah-rah, they were very popular, the buzzword. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head any others.
0: I was barely paying attention to crypto back then. Just coming in from the business side like you, you definitely had a head start on me by probably a year and a half. I, I was
1: still say. very late, <laughs> but we're yeah. all still very early. It's, it's relative. <laughs>
0: That's the thing. I, I really do think we are all very, very early. If you look at a product life cycle, we're we're still so far in the um, not even in the early adopters. We're still in that initial innovators curve.
1: We're still sprinkling seed and manure, we have yet to even really water it yet.
0: I love gardening, so that's a perfect uh, perfect analogy there. But the, the the thing I think I've kept everybody waiting long enough for that they they, you know, other than getting to want to know you. They want to know what is package portal? What is this thing that you're bringing into the world? Because I love to say that as business people, we're looking at the world as it is. We're identifying how do we want it to be? And we bring something into the world that makes that vision a reality. So what is this vision? What is this thing you're bringing into the world known as package portal?
1: Great question. I guess uh, I can start with so, sort of the origination. I may have mentioned it in that blog post that I shared with you, but I, I just, I had an idea, I, you know, I was churning my wheels. Initially, I just wanted to add some transactions to Zilliqa's mainnet. I was a Zillica fanboy. I was in the community leading the chat groups, a, a moderator, and I, w- I just wanted to add and contribute. That, that's how it started. And so New Year's Eve in 2019, 2018 becoming 2019, I had an idea. And I just began scribbling it down on my iPad and and, and I, I molded over for a good few months. But then I, I kept getting problems at work in my in my delivery company. And those problems are proof of delivery. But more specifically delivery confirmation, because there's two separate things here. Proof of delivery, what most people think of is, you know, you get you get a email or an alert saying that your package has been delivered or your package is at this facility.
0: And you and I in logistics, we both know that is not true a lot of the time, right? Like it's something's right, been Look, most of the time, everything goes, goes flawlessly, but I would imagine, JG, you spend your time and your employees spend your time on your logistics side. They spend their time, how I used to spend my time in that corporate world of track this thing down, what went wrong? How do we fix it?
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know, with, with certain packages, there's the dollar value or whatever's inside some shippers just really need to know that it made it safely to where it goes. So me being a delivery company, my drivers all day, they're scanning packages. Every driver scans packages, but what that scan really does is updates an internal database that the carrier controls and they can manipulate that data. If they want to, they can, they can change it, fudge it. it. There's just no, no uh, limit to what they can do as far as how they control it. And they charge incredible amounts of money for the fees.
0: Yeah. For anybody who's not in logistics, it is insane. I mentioned, I was a consultant for a company, a logistics company. And we, I kid you not. We started contracting with developers and running a program to build our own because some of these systems that are run on like n- literally 1980s databases oh, man. could be hundreds or thousands of dollars a month for a small logistics business to buy into. I mean, so when JG is saying these solutions are expensive, think what you're uh, already thinking and multiply it. By a lot. By a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, surcharges. I mean, you can look at any major carrier and every year they put out a new sheet of brand new surcharges that are always increased by pennies or more, nickels and dimes. And if you extrapolate those numbers by billions of packages, then it's a lot of money. Right. And so one of my biggest issues has has been just delivery confirmation. If I have a package that requires a signature where the driver has to collect an actual signature, Well, he's wasting time now because most packages you can just drop at the front door, ring the doorbell, and then leave. But a signature requires him to wait for the customers to come home. If the customer is home, that customer had to adjust to my driver's schedule to be present to sign the, the, the scanner, which is dirty and now infected with COVID, and my driver doesn't want them to touch their device and vice versa. But if we miss a signature, then my brokerage that I use, they want to send us back with a hard copy piece of paper and a pen and have somebody sign for a package that was three or four days delivered. And it's just so archaic and, and rudimentary and expensive. Again, they, they, the, the brokerage I use, and most of them charge $5 plus. FedEx, 6 $7 for one signature.
0: One signature, yeah. Um,
1: when I had the idea, I started doing math on how much money am I losing? Because my drivers, again, my drivers and my company does not get that that revenue. If there's $5 for a signature, the broker keeps that. Whereas my delivery driver is the one who did the work. He spent the extra time to, to track it down. The customer was inconvenienced to, to, to be there to provide that signature and we get nothing for it. And so that's what really started to turn my wheels in my head and say, how can we fix this with blockchain? And then we come up with consumer scans. You know, it's just another endpoint because really a supply chain begins with the person who orders it. The shopper, the online shopper, they, they click an order and then the merchant has to go and fulfill the order. The delivery company is just a third party carrier who carries out the service. They're a service provider. They're. Right. A, They're a solution, they're they're a means to an end, but they've kind of become this monolith where carriers control everything. They control all of the data and they charge all the fees. I think that DeFi and blockchain and all of the developments coming along can really change that. And and it starts by putting the power in the hands of the consumers who are upholding this entire industry to begin with. It's It's shoppers and shippers. When you have somebody shipping a product, you have somebody shopping for a product, they create a transaction and that's the value. Then a third party comes in and extracts a lot of that value. And so with consumer scans, I think we can begin to take the first steps to put the the control and the, uh, the control of the data and the value back into
0: the hands of these two parties, shoppers and shippers. What are the mechanisms to entice, to support people saying, you know what, this is going to be an application that you're going to install on your phone and that's that's a very big hurdle for a lot of companies to cross of getting people to install the application what is that what does that look like within your business how do you how do you tackle that
1: yeah i mean there's 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 a few ways to catch these fish so again the, the value prop is for the online shopper is that they can now earn crypto that's 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 the most blunt way to say it. you can earn crypto just by providing a service they're providing data doing it already they're they're the ones that are signing for a package but they get nothing in return and and they have no say as to what happens with that data who gets the money for the data and, and all of all of those sorts of contributing factors so number one you can earn some money back it's look at it look at it like a shipping rebate you know a bit of a rebate a bit of a money back on a service that you paid for because again the online shopper they're the ones creating the order spending the money and that's sh- that shipping cost is either baked into the price of the item or it's tacked on at the end at the shopping cart moment and then the shipper just gives it away they, they hire whoever is the cheapest carrier in that region because software told them so right when they give them the package and then they just cross their fingers and hope for the best and so that's there's a lot of problems in that in that equation
0: almost like a credit card model like where you have a particular credit card and you get you get cash back right there's this rebate mm-hmm. so that who would be would the merchant be benefiting from not having to have the signature add-on which again as you talked about can be five dollars plus and that's at that's at the cost for the logistics company is it the you know, if if I go open an e-commerce or a crypto commerce store, am I the one saving that money and therefore therefore um, putting money in to incentivize my customers to scan, or is it the you know the three pls the third-party logistics companies, or where does that where does the money essentially come into the system?
1: That'll come from the merchant, because the shipper the shipper and the merchant are synonymous. They are the ones who take on the risk. Uh, a customer has guarantees when they click buy, they they have guarantees about the money that they sent out, but the shipper doesn't have any guarantees. The only guarantee they get is a signature and they've got to pay an additional $5 for that or six or seven. And uh, there's so many that are priced out because that's, you know, that profit margins in online shopping can already be very slim. And if you tack on $5, that could sometimes be five or six or or three or four times, whatever the, the cost of the actual item was. So, we can do that for much cheaper. I, mean, I like that.
0: And you've said this before elsewhere, but if, if, so if I start an online store, I can go ahead and cut that expense of the signature out. I can incentivize my customers to then scan, but then yeah. what, what incentivize other than the, the savings, is there anything else we can do where I can then have a new line of communication directly into the home or the business of the customer that received the product?
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, think about it. If you, if you, if you're shipping goods, if you are the merchant and you, and you send out an item, you really, the shippers don't hear back from the customer ever. They just right. hope that it was received. They get an update from the carrier that says it was dropped off at this time. And at this location, and that's it. say this GPS and a timestamp, but. Porch pirates can come along after that. The delivery driver can fake those. The the carrier company can fudge those. There's all sorts of flaws with that system. As a merchant or a shipper, you want that proof, but again, so many are priced out because of a five and a $6 surcharge. Now you can do that right. for much cheaper. So not only can we, can we save shippers who are already using a signature confirmation service on like a 5X markdown of what they're paying now, but they also get a much more robust data set. I mean, we have driver ratings. And we have, acknowledgement right there. But what you spoke to was the communication channel. There's a new means right at that moment of delivery. That's, that's a powerful moment. When, when right. the customer buys something online, they're gone. The the online shipper loses them until they come back for a second order or unless they call support and say that there was a problem. So now the customer can send immediate feedback. Shippers can get that immediate feedback. They can access it from us also take the data sets and combine them into different business models. I've got one of my engineers. He's really into machine learning and, and he's, he's working on different ways to use ML to create these intelligence models that can give more efficiency and and improve the whole supply chain process for various shippers. But I mean, again, going back to just the, the, it's a one-on-one data bridge bef- between the shipper and the shopper that the carrier is now removed from before the carrier controlled all of the data. They house it. They charge for it. They, they don't let any prying eyes into it. Even the broker that I use the delivery data that, that me and my company creates, yeah, we have to access it and pay for it <laughs> from the broker's servers. And, and so we can eliminate all of that by just creating a two-way data bridge between the shipper and the shopper right at the moment of delivery, which again is valuable because if you think about some of these food prep companies that were in discussion. Spoilage with,
0: and everything else. What time did somebody actually receive this?
1: What time was it dropped off is the carrier yeah. will tell you I was delivered at this location. Yeah, completely at different thing again. than
0: when it was taken into the hands of the customer.
1: Yeah, and I and we live in Arizona here. This is in the summertime it's 115 degrees. So if it's dropped off at 230 but not picked up until 730 PM, that's five hours in the heat. And so these this this data can give these guys different data points that they can, you know, adjust, find different carriers, hold carriers accountable, say, Hey, you you said you delivered it at this time. The customer said, you know, lots of back and forth can be absolved by removing a third party carrier from the data experience.
0: What would you say to a customer that came to you that says, look, we can pay whatever the rate is for our signatures. And when we get the signature, we know that that thing has been handed off. If we save some money, put some money into this, reward customers with crypto, there's no guarantee, right? There's no requirement for the customer to scan. Yes, we're incentivizing them with the cryptocurrency. But is there anything else you would respond to that business who might be saying, you know what? maybe I'll still lean with the signature for a little while longer. I'm not sure if I'm ready to make a jump. How would you approach that?
1: I think there's a number of ways. The first the first way I would say was that you're endangering potentially your drivers and your customers because with the contaminants, you know, everything is moving to mobile. So my drivers, you mentioned some of the archaic software and hardware. When I first started in this business, we had Motorola scanners that were this big and some of my guys use them. They're this big and they die all day long they just they, they flake out we have to replace them probably every other month
0: you remember those um, old tablets they were like toshiba and hp yeah. and they were like the size of your head and about three inches thick
1: i mean these things are the size of my forearm yeah and they're heavy and they sit on your hip and, and fedex is still using them a lot of a lot of major carriers are still using these same devices but again there's an exchange there there's a touch point that we can remove why would you pay more to a carrier who's gonna keep your data and you can't see any of it. And you're putting your your the driver at risk and the customer at risk, because now they have to exchange this, this device who's sitting in the hip in the pocket of a driver and he's going to 50 different people who are touching it right. all day. The customer doesn't have, I mean, we can eliminate it.
0: So now as the customer, I'm being rewarded and it looks like you have your own ZRC2 token, right? You have mm-hmm. port and this is proof of receipt token. So the customer who's signing for those, as uh, otherwise would be signing, but is scanning the product, is receiving port tokens for conducting right. those scans.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a proof of receipt token. So you you scan the package and you that you got it, and that's really what's that's the value prop. You know, we talked about in the beginning proof of delivery. And that's the, that's the industry-wide model that's used. You get a POD, it's for short, POD, mm-hmm. proof of delivery. Signature is delivery confirmation. That's different than a POD. A POD is just an update in a centralized database that says that this tracking number was dropped off at this GPS location and at this time. That's right. a proof of delivery. Proof of receipt says that this tracking number was received by the person who ordered it at this time and at this location. And so it's much more powerful because again, the person who bought it, who ordered it, who can complain return and return and and who holds all the power? The customer. shippers got to cherish their customers, especially in this day and age, when everything is moving to online and e-commerce and everybody has to get things delivered. You got to take care of your customers. And you can keep them safer by letting them scan themselves and not sign a device. You can save money by doing so. You can empower both of your both of both parties can be empowered. And brought closer together by removing the third-party carrier whose data exists in a silo that only they control and only they access.
0: If I jump over to ZillSwap, you were saying, thank God for ZillSwap earlier. And (laughs) I I agree when we look at ZillSwap, it looks like there's a very heavy incentive because if we look at like, let's say we give Zill and we're going to trade, we want some of this token. If we look at port, I'm pulling it up right now. One Zill is 0.07 and some change. Port. so it, it that's about one US dollar is yeah. a port was that by design is that going to float on the market or, or how how will that work over time Yes yeah, it's
1: definitely by design I mean being in America we have SEC regulations that are you know that are so foggy and there's just a dense cloud of smoke surrounding it but <laughs> there are some guidelines put yeah. in place. And some of those guidelines require you to have a working product. We don't want to do any ICOs. We don't want to do a bunch of token sales to unregistered investors, non-accredited investors. We don't want to have a non-registered security that we're selling to, to- Absolutely. um, That's
0: what it would make, right? For, for anyone outside the United States going like, why are these guys so concerned about that on the business side? In the United States, if you do that stuff, that's an unregistered security.
1: Yeah. And then you get sued and, and Ripple is famously being sued right now right. for, you know, th- that very thing. And the SEC probably could have brought those charges years ago. I I, you know, I don't want to dive into that. But
0: No, I'm with you. And I, I, I have trouble explaining this sometimes in, on social media to folks, but from the business side, there is no doubt in my mind, Ripple is, a, is an unregistered security, right? Yeah. In the crypto space, it's like, oh, how dare you say that sometimes? But in the business <laughs> yeah. world, like you look at it. The sale of that benefits nobody but their company. So, yeah, I'm with you. Like, we, we don't need to dive into that. But you're, you, it seems like you're avoiding that fairly well by yeah. following all sorts of rules that the SEC and others have laid out.
1: Trying to, yeah. We've spoken with a few different lawyers. We're registered. Uh, the, the company is incorporated in Wyoming. That's number one. And they have some of the most, the most progressive blockchain legislation. Oh, thank one you for letting me know there. that yeah one of the lawyers there who helped craft some of that legislation we, we spoke on the phone a number of times and, and and we're working through some different things and and he's given us a little bit of advice and some guidance and, and and he's confident that where we are is is no threat to be sued or to bring any action against us and and part of that is is having our token at a dollar so what we do is this proof of receipt token enables you to trade that back to us to package portal at the at the price of US dollar. So again like a like a, a rewards credit, a, re, a rebate on your shipping.
0: So you do so, plan to be the primary liquidity provider for the exchange and you're you're basically doing it in that concept of a rebate. Here's a rebate back from us because the merchant, the seller, the shipper is paying us directly.
1: To a degree yeah, yeah. So I mean, we've got we, we've got the token with the with the token value of one dollar, and we will redeem that for one dollar. Any tokens that we're selling, we're selling for one dollar. So there's no expectation or insinuation of ROI. People can do their own math and look at the tokenomics and figure out if they you know the token might earn them some more money in the future. I, I can't speak to that, but I know that the token will give you the ability to trade back to our platform and get merch from some of the same shippers that you're buying from. So if your wife buys makeup from Sephora and she scans that, then we want her to be able to trade that token in for some Sephora credits, you know, a gift card for Sephora or dollars and off.
0: So that trade would happen on your app, correct?
1: Eventually, yeah. Well, we'd like to work with shippers and I, I, I think that everybody's gonna have their own token. These these major retailers like Walmart and, and Best Buy that we deliver, my delivery company delivers, Anybody that's not underneath the umbrella of Shopify or Amazon. And there, th- those two have their own delivery methods. They've got their own apps that do a lot of good things. Their proof of delivery method is the most advanced, but it's really just evidence. It's evidence of delivery. It's not proof of receipt. If you get a picture right. of the front door with the box, that's evidence, but the driver could walk away with it after he took the picture. Somebody could come along after that. It still doesn't speak to the fact of when was this taken into the home by the person who ordered it. And so. We can we can eliminate that with our consumer scans, but um, and so it
0: seems like if I'm understanding it it you're looking at in the future having the merchants that come to you also be able to have like in-app offers, follow-ups, communication. Well, so if somebody scans, maybe they get a related product or somebody definitely, scans and they receive definitely. An offer. speaking
1: to the to the communication channel that you spoke about. we'd like to build an advertising um is uh, that channel. active now
0: or or is it right now just you scan? we verify
1: right now it's just it's just proof of receipt you scan and you can you can rate the service rate the driver was he good or was he bad was it on time was it damaged was it late oh you've got a
0: big market there though if i as a e-commerce supplier can come in and work with you and say i'm going to go forego the signature verification i'm just going to work with you and incentivize my customers to do this Mm -hmm. oh if you give me a point of delivery where as soon as somebody scans i can say well here's a related product 50 percent off or Right. If you give that, oh, that's, Mm -hmm. that's gold right there.
1: And not just that. I mean, again, you've got the ability to, to, to advertise to these customers, but we want the customers to control and own the platform eventually with, you know, port holders will govern so they can decide what is done with these fees going back for advertising. We, we don't exist like Facebook where we're turning our users into the, to the product. Right. Um, Well, we do to a degree because they're creating a service. To a degree,
0: but they have control
1: they control it exactly so we don't keep all the value you know you get billions of dollars by selling ads to targeted ads to users and you take all their data and figure out what they like and then have people sell to them we can do something similar but we can have them earn the money and control it
0: the redemption's not currently in the app the only redemption right now would be on zil swap
1: no no we we do have redemption live yeah that was that was kind of a stipulation just to, to For the legal holes, it's through a Google form on our website that you you can, you can click on there. There's a number of items. There's these masks back here. There's, you know, physical tokens.
0: And so the Um, plan is to move that into the app, eventually tie it with the actual merchants or maybe an overall reward store where, where things can be cashed out. Precisely.
1: Yeah, we call it the redemption warehouse to go with oh, the shipping that's good. thing. I like that. You know, it's a redemption warehouse. So there's there we will house all sorts of different prizes and, and, and items, merch services that are provided by the same shippers who are using our service. Yeah. So, you know, it could be makeup, it could be we work with the crypto merch right now where you can get a lot of Zill merch. Um, you can get a package portal jersey, you can get a Zillica shirt or mug or hat. And those things, if you ship those things, you can get discounts off on further merch, or you can just save up tokens and earn a new hoodie from Zillica or something like that.
0: Very nice. So you're currently operating in the United States and the European Union, correct?
1: Well, yeah, we're pretty worldwide right now, except worldwide? for the, the restricted nations, North Korea, China, Iran, we're not there, <laughs> but we are, we're, as, of, as of Monday, we just, we finally got our GDPR compliancy. Um, Excellent, good. Tip top.
0: Yeah. Cause you have to go through a third party verification for that. Don't you?
1: Well, we have to have a third party on the ground, able to receive any sort of data requests or, or letters from enforcement agencies. And we've got that, but a lot of it was just, just the documentation. Documentation took, took a good amount of time.
0: So if, if a customer is interested, let's say somebody's out there listening and they they're looking at trying to support the network and they want to download this application when they receive a package in, can they scan any package they receive? That's a great question. Right now, it's it's anybody. It doesn't matter if it's Amazon, Shopify,
1: major carrier or, or, or small carrier, it doesn't matter. We just want user scanning so that we can collect that data and then we can do a lot with the data. But what we plan to do is have these port holders who are, are getting our early token, because there will be two other tokens in the future. If you read through the white paper, you can see, I mean, we have 10 million port, that's not enough because there's a hundred billion packages shipped every single day. And that doesn't even really include China. So that's a lot. And we're going to need a lot of tokens if we end up getting some traction. And so the first iteration of the token is is the governance token. So we're encouraging our early users to scan. And right now you can scan anything, you get one per one port per user per day.
0: Hold so on, we I have, have to do some shopping trying really to quickly. We scan
1: 30 different packages and, and milk the system, but we've got some guardrails in place for that. But in the future, we intend to have port holders get a vote in who are the merchants allowed to access the system and at what rate they can have a lot of control over that
0: i like this so it seems like you're really creating in a in a way an open organization to some degree so the 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 port governance will that eventually influence some of the business decisions you make
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, package portal, we formed a company because to build here in America, you've got to have an entity. And so we set that up, but as the, the advancement of DeFi came into play, we started looking at that and figuring out how can we, how can we create this thing and, and facilitate, but then turn it over to people. I mean, this is what we came up with. We've got lots of ideas, how we can further the, this, this particular business. I mean, you know, that there's a, a ton of different avenues that we can take like bounties for drivers, you know, they can earn tokens by coming quicker. If like Susie has to go pick up her kids at school, whenever school open that opens back up, she needs to leave at 3.30, she can just message the driver who has her package and say, if you get it here by one o'clock, I'll give you X amount of tokens. And so there's tons of different applications that we can do. It really seems like an
0: intelligence layer on top of
1: yeah, communications, so, there's, I mean, you, if you get a problem with the package, you got to find a phone number, call, wait on hold, and they get transferred and then talk to somebody else. And we can eliminate that as well with just
0: direct communication. But that that's absolutely a key that I don't know of anything like that in that industry right now. But is that where these other currencies you're talking about, the export and the import would come in later?
1: Well, our goal is to have one scan equal one token. And so in order to do so, we've got to have a whole lot of tokens. We looked at some other models with one particular token, but in order to front load value to our earliest users and supporters, and we came up with this model where we have only 10 million, which is a much smaller supply. If you think about logistics, I mean, 10 million is a lot in certain numbers, but I mean, for packages, e-commerce, that's not a lot at all. We can burn through that pretty quickly. Yeah. Especially since you're global. Yeah. I mean, we're global and we have people scanning right now. So once we get a little bit of traction, again, a hundred million packages in a day, If we get, you know, X amount of users doing just a few scans every week or month, so, so you're not giving financial
0: advice, away. but you're incentivizing people to, Hey, go ahead and start adopting this. Now there's, there's, you know, we can't say there's a benefit to it, but you're definitely getting a different asset. Or sh- sh- I should say, a token, a different token than you will in the future.
1: Yeah, and so the other tokens will have similar value, I mean, similar premise, they, they can be exchanged for goods or services or items within the redemption warehouse, or they can be sent to Swap, and you can just exit out of our platform and get Zill that you can use to get into other platforms like Unstoppable Domains or, uh, you know, swap governance tokens, all sorts of different projects that exist and not just in ZIL either, because ZIL is building out the ETH bridge, which is going to be revolutionary because then it enables anything traded on Ethereum, ERC tokens to be traded on Zillica. And I think one of the questions that you had was why Zillica over Ethereum for us. Yeah, because I noticed
0: you have Ethereum on, in the footer of your website. And so I wanted yeah. to ask about that.
1: Yeah. If you go scroll up a little bit, you'll see integrations a little bit further. There, right there.
0: There we go. Yeah, because you, you have Zilswap, Ethereum, Zilliqa, Uniswap. What's your, so are you 100% on Zilliqa or are you part and part on different different blockchains? Right now we
1: are 100% Zilliqa and ZillSwap and that is it. We are waiting for the bridge to be completed by Zilliqa's core team of development and then we can implement onto Uniswap and Ethereum. So that's
0: coming soon. That, that will be more for the customer, the scanner, to be able to participate in that rewards warehouse and to be able to participate in the exchange of this. Is this an NFT or is this, so it's fungible, right? This is fungible, yeah. We've got some plans
1: for non-fungible tokens. We initially planned on doing non-fungible tokens. Each each tracking number could represent a non-fungible token. And we've gotta do a lot of work to get to that point because we need to work with shippers beforehand to tokenize the assets and, and, and that sort of thing. But clicking on those integrations gives a little bit more information about it. But we really, I mean, Ethereum has all of the users and liquidity. Most people who are, aware of DeFi are not aware of Zillica at all, let alone ZillSwap and little projects that exist over there. So exposing our project to the broader community of crypto users on Ethereum and Uniswap would help tremendously, but we cannot afford as a project to burn gas on, on token transfers. Every time we send a token to a user, it costs us Zill. And, and we, we create a smart contract when a user is creating an account. We create a smart contract that creates them a, in an account. And at first, we had Custodial Wallets, but we did away with that because we want users to be self-sovereign and have their own wallet. We send them the token, and we don't control it. You control the token. You can do whatever you want with it. You earned it by providing service. Thank you very much service. for that, by it the way. Is
0: yours. <laughs> What's that? I said thank you very much for that, by the way. We all appreciate <laughs> yeah.
1: it. Yeah, I mean, you earned it, so it, it's yours. We don't want to. We don't want to house that or have that that on us and so we but we've got to tap into the the ethereum users because that's where you know the broad spectrum of of the crypto community is is transacting within the DeFi space and within the the dap space
0: you are processing port manually correct so that you can check for fraud and you can do things like that but it will be automated in the future and you've currently limited it to one port per day no matter how many scans
1: Mm -hmm. is that correct Correct on both accounts. Yeah. Right now we have some guardrails in place. We do everything manually. We're checking through, uh, making sure nobody can, can just, you know, a milk the system. There's no smart contract exploits. Scylla is already, uh, mathematically verifiable. That's another reason why we chose Zillica over Ethereum because solidity can have tons of holes. There can be rug pulls from the developers. There can be exploits just because people are smart and understand smart contract language and can find mm-hmm. holes in the export exploits. However, Scylla, is, is verifiable with math. So before we even deploy a smart contract, it's running its own self-check system and, and guarding a, against that. But we wanna make sure that we have other things in place. And we're also looking at the, the tracking numbers that are being scanned. We're able to collect that data again and get it to my, to my really smart engineer and he can plug it into machine learning algorithms and figure out a bunch of different ways to make it better, smarter, faster,
0: more efficient. And so switching from the, the, the customer for a moment to maybe somebody who has a business, who has an e-commerce store, who has mm-hmm. a physical retail store that relies on shipping a lot. What type of input are you looking or really contact are you looking for right now? Should they be getting in touch, signing up for something? Is there, what are the offerings for businesses and merchants?
1: Yeah, yeah that's a good question. I mean, we're, we're really, we're really transparent and, 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 going. You know, we can just have a casual conversation similar to this. If anybody wanted to get um, on the back end of this, then they can just reach out to me or inquiry at packageportal.com support at packageportal.com email us and we can have a conversation and we can show you what our dashboard looks like because behind the scenes of all of this, we have a, a really strong database compiling center where you can aggregate by geographics, you know, Any kind of graph or chart that you want to export for your boss, if you're shipping makeup and you want to export to your logistics supply chain professionals, but you're a marketer or you're the customer experience professional, the CX guy, but you need to get this data to the analytics to the, you know, the logistics supply chain team. And we have a dashboard that lets you do that.
0: Will that evolve in the future where, you know, a customer or uh, a merchant will essentially come up, sign up with you, get access to their data, run different programs, is is yeah. that the evolution of this?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I, and we can, you know, we can charge a number of different ways. Initially, we had talked about charging just per unit, but you know, with with the volume of e commerce that can really wreck some some merchants, some of the mm-hmm. smaller guys. So we've got different tiered plans for, uh, like a local coffee shop who wants to ship locally. They have very small profit margins already. They already, you know, the thirty percent can be wiped out with the delivery fee. So we don't want to charge them a lot, but we want to make that service available. And, Any ETA
0: for these, or are they already available just on a direct contact basis or?
1: Yeah, we're working to have have it made a little bit more public. There's two things that we need to do to the website, I think. Number one is is speak a little bit more to the user about the DeFi proposition that we have, because there's a lot to be said there. These tokens, there's 7 million locked up in the, in the scan contract that can only be mined by scans. And that means there's only a few that are outside of that contract. And of that, we have a lot vested. Team tokens are vested, sale tokens are vested over the course of two years. So once the supply that we have runs out, as people are beginning to buy the token that we have you know, kept at around a dollar in Zill, we can no longer keep it at that price. And so the market will do whatever the market wants to do at that point. But we wanna open it up to, to any sort of merchants. They need to have access to the data and we can do that in a number of different ways where whether it's a subscription plan or it's a per per unit plan, we can, we're super flexible. And right now we're actually, we you know, we're, we're taking pilots. We have a couple that we're talking to. We actually spoke with a, a leading meal prep company about six months ago. And uh, we ran into some hiccups with some of their legal and, and their, their tech team, they didn't want to integrate the way that we had it at the time, but the, 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 meeting that we had scheduled fell through where we could have, we alleviated and addressed all of their concerns. We just never got that, that, that final meeting. So anybody who wants to, to get on board, we can have, you know, a very candid conversation and, and start them out for free because again, DeFi proposition with Swap, there's liquidity being provided by users. There's an incentive for users to provide liquidity so that they can continue to um, earn, and then increase their position in the governance aspect of the project itself. But also that enables us to keep it going without having to just front a lot of the money for rewards who wanna, people who wanna dump tokens. And so we can have, you know, a a conversation about all those different variables and how we can get people started. And we're willing to start some of the smaller people for, for free at a pilot.
0: I'd love to see it evolve that way where one day, right? Tell me if I've got the vision or if I'm just over here in La La Land. One day, you know, a merchant just comes in, signs up, says, all right, I wanna I wanna start getting a code. I wanna incentivize my my buyers to go download this app and scan. Then I can reach them with promo offers, with discounts. They're getting that cryptocurrency. I'm the merchant. I'm over here subscribing to a different, you know, some different information or package level to where I get certain features and certain data sets and really just buying in directly through package portal to tap into that data that otherwise, as we talked about, is prohibitively expensive Mm. and not democratized at all to where a small e-commerce store uh, operator or a flower shop or, you know, a local bakery where they could never afford to have that type of information. Is that something that's in line with the vision or am I just out in la-la land?
1: No, it sounds like you've caught the vision very well, as a matter of fact. I mean, that's exactly what we wanna do. We wanna make sure that the the siloed data that carriers monopolize right now is free. We can kill that, we can just blow up the whole silo and, and disseminate that data amongst the users and the shippers. And so all those value propositions that you just mentioned are exactly the goal.
0: 2021, what's the roadmap for this year? Are there any announcements you can make?
1: I don't know about announcements. I had to think about that one, but there's, there's I, had lots on the I had to try, I had to try. There's lots on the roadmap. I mean, again, once once the ZIL bridge is opened up with ETH, then there's a lot that we can do there. We're gonna open that up. We have we have plans for non-fungible tokens, like I mentioned. The governance portal will be coming eventually. We have plans to incorporate GZIL, which is a governance token of, of Zillica and allow holders of that to also have a say in, in the protocol because. Awesome. Thank
0: you for that as well. That's cool.
1: Yeah. I I think that the Zill community would like that because again, you know, tokens and projects pop up all the time. And initially I didn't want to have a token. I, you know, there's token, there's a, there are a dime a dozen, they're everywhere and some of them are useless. Some of them are destitute and serve no purpose or no function. But we use tokens as a, a unit of measure we can accurately track and measure the scan data and who is providing it and what they're doing with the rewards that they're earning whether they're sending it back to us for redemption or they're sending it to the market or they are talking or exchanging that in the future with with the shippers even shippers can have their own token we can work on that with them you could have a you know a Walmart token a port could be traded for a Walmart token there's a lot of interconnected i guess interoperability is is the key the key buzzword that we talked about and so that's that's really the, the overarching theme of what we hope to accomplish in 2021
0: the very last question i have for you today is what did i miss right what are the the points that you really just you know if you had a giant megaphone and you could just tell people here's the thing that i'm bursting at the seams to get out for people to hear what would that be? What What am I missing? What should we be concluding on?
1: I don't know if there's anything that you missed. I think that we could probably just emphasize the fact that users now control delivery data, the, the the end The end of delivery, that last moment when a customer reconnects with the product that they ordered and we can give access to shippers to those eyes of consumers and and right in the moment when they get it, that's major. The second thing is that the customers are now earning. And not only are they earning for the act or the service of scanning and providing that review and rating of the driver shippers can use that data to audit third-party data from carriers and say you know what your drivers are not doing very well we we have proof before there is no proof because they're subject to this monopolized data so now they can say look we have proof from our users that you guys are not doing what you're saying you're doing that's another aspect And then the DeFi proposition where users can, right now you can earn, we're working on a staking contract that probably works to uh, the 2021 question. Liquidity providers are going to be earning rewards uh, right now. If you just hold port for every one that you hold every week, you're going to get 0.1 port. Um, So that's a 10% increase. And
0: that's holding it directly in the app, no need to go anywhere else?
1: Right now, that's just holding it, and not in the app because, again, you have we're non-custodial. We we, we don't have we don't hold users' tokens. We have okay. scan credits, and once you add your wallet, to the so would that be you app,
0: holding in a, in a in just your own wallet?
1: You hold it in your wallet, yeah, but and that's temporary until Zillica's finishing up some some advancements on Zil Swap to where. When you provide liquidity, you'll be issued an LP token similar to Uniswap. So if you have port and you provide port liquidity, then you'll get a, a port slash ZIL dash LP token. Okay. And then we will use those as units of measure to a- accurately track. Because right now, you know, there's different ways people can game the system. They can hold it and then dump it after the snapshot, if we if they know when the snapshot is coming. So we take randomized snapshots throughout the week and then we take an aggregate balance of whatever that holder, that wallet is holding and we'll issue the rewards weekly. Once that supply is gone, the only way to get those tokens is to mine it. And that's when things get really interesting because you know, people are beginning to now control the the, the destiny of the project where you can only it's location mining. You have to be somewhere or you, or you have to do a thing to get a token. And once you get that token, you can then enter into the system. It's sort of like an onboarding system without us being onboarding into crypto without without us having to be an MSB, a money service business. Um,
0: I, I I think that's wonderful. That yeah. that will definitely create transactions on Zillica. I'm sorry I said that was the last question. I do have a follow up. Okay. Are the transactions one for one on the Zillica network or are you really running an L2 or a oracle service to a database of your own or or is it a one for one transaction on uh, Zillica?
1: It's one to one right now and and we're looking at different options but you know, once, once the pre tokens that are for bounties and advisors and team tokens and everything else out of the uh, equation, the only way to get a token is to scan it.
0: Well, JG, look, I really appreciate the information. I thank you so much. I, I, I hope that we have other conversations in the future, because I know there are a lot of stories you want to tell that I, that we are super interested to hear. I saw your recent blog post that was talking about the process of going through of working with Zillica of working with Zillhive, of going through the grant, of finding a developer. And I would love to pick your brain on that in the future. But for now, I just want to say thank you again for joining us. And I, I, I very much feel like I need to go make some orders, scan some packages and get in on this port before, before that initial supply runs out.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I'm, I'm down to come back anytime. My schedule is pretty open and flexible. I can, I can, I can make it work. And again, yeah, go, go get an account start scanning your packages. Right now, if you can earn one port per day, there's only 10 million and you'll have the ability to govern tomorrow's delivery data.
0: All right, everybody, so let me get to some final thoughts here. Package Portal and their port token are likely bigger than I can fully wrap my mind around right now. Every scan is a transaction on Silica and the issuance of port tokens, their redemption, their exchange and other transactions all generate more transactions on Zilliqa. This is great. But I keep coming back in my mind to the potential. One app, one app, not five, not 10, not one for every carrier, not one for every merchant, and that one app creates a shipping reward system that generates proof of delivery, connects merchants and customers directly at that point of delivery, and connects the customer with the delivery carrier or courier service. It's not just taking existing behavior that we do in the real world and moving it to the blockchain. This is actually advancing the current already high-tech world through blockchain. And that's even before we get to the governance portion of the port token and the decentralized nature of control that it creates. I wish, I, I wish I had not the current version of package portal, but what its future could be. I wish I had it last year when I bought a new washer and dryer. I could quickly tip my delivery service so that they deliver when I wanted rather than having an eight hour delivery window so that when the washer and dryer came in, I could scan my delivery and earn cryptocurrency and then be immediately connected to the manufacturer or the seller so I could automatically file a warranty or buy a service plan with one tap on my mobile device. That vision for logistics prior to a blockchain like Zilliqa was just a dream. Anyway, I'm Chase Raz and you've been listening to me talk to JG Whitley from Package Portal. We're still working on some audio issues. We're still working on getting the YouTube videos out there, but keep joining me. We'll get new episodes coming. I have some amazing things in the works for you. I hope you enjoy the show. Until next time, take care.